What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, a podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. I'm Jared Penniman here with Joe Jimenez, and guys, you know the drill. Huge shout out to Coop, Chin Music Designs. Guys, he, he hit a grand slam in uh, Chapman season opener, and you know what was on his bat? A Chin Music fully customizable bat knob decal. Guys, spice up your bat knob game, spice up your bat game, fully customizable. Check out the show notes for a discount code for your first order from Chin Music. And guys, today's episode features Kyle Wilkie. Kyle Wilkie is from Cumming, Georgia, and he went to Creekview High School before he went on to play at Clemson University before getting drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Guys, Kyle's story is super interesting, and it was a super fun interview to do. Kyle's an awesome guy, but his story is really interesting. Uh, He talks about uh, basically how he grew up and how that kind of molded his recruiting process and what he wanted, but also the reputation that he created for himself, not only in Georgia, but in the recruiting process in general, and why that worked so well for him. But Guys, we, we hope you love this interview. Uh, if you want, leave us leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Check us out on our socials, on Twitter and on Instagram. And even check out our website. We got blogs, and you can even reach out to us and let us know what you guys want to hear. So let's go. Wilkie, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing well. Doing well. Um, we'll keep it rolling with with the memories. I think people are liking that. So, Wilkie, what is your favorite memory or two um, from your time at Clemson? That's a that's a tough question. Um, it's hard. It's hard to pick one. Um, let's see here. I guess one of the coolest things that happened was my junior year, we, um, we swept UNC. Uh, they were ranked like number three in the nation, I think. And uh, it was Friday. We played a doubleheader Saturday because of rain on Friday. And the first game of the doubleheader, we won on a balk, a walk-off balk. And then game two, I think we blew them out. And then game three, um, we're down two to one, bottom of the ninth, our shortstop, first rounder, switch hitter, Logan Davidson, just hits a bomb to walk it off. And uh, as a team, I mean, that's probably one of the one of the coolest things like that you can experience together. So we we uh, it was Sunday. We had class the next day, but we celebrated it. So <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I feel like the walk off Bach might be a little more fun. Yeah, I mean, that was – I've never seen that before, and I had never oh. seen it up until that point. And, uh, well, it was actually so – they implemented a new rule where you can't do the fake to third move mm. without yeah, stepping yeah, off yeah. the rubber, and this was the first year. So we had runners. It was funny. We had a guy up, and our – Monty's biggest thing is swing with intent. I don't know if you guys got that out of him, but, like – his biggest thing is like, if you're going to swing, swing, right? So I, I, don't, I forget how many runners we had on, but 
got the play check swings, right? Like big no-no. Hits a ground ball, gets through up the middle. Okay. So then we have, I think it's like we tied the game second and third, I don't know, two outs or something on a check swing. So there's, you know, the first part that was pretty crazy. And then next pitch, the guy picks his leg up and then fakes like he's throwing the third. You know, everyone's just kind of chilling. And all of a sudden, the umpire's like, you can't do that. It's a ball. <laughs> We're all like, what? Did we just win? And the fans started going crazy. So, yeah, that was that was that was pretty amazing. I mean, I've never seen that before. So, how demoralizing if you're UNC, you lose on a on a walk off bomb, and, and then next game you lose on a walk off bomb. Yeah, yeah, like it was. It wasn't their weekend. I mean, <laughs> like, because I mean they're always very good. I mean they're athletes all over the field. They got good arms, mm. so it's hard to beat them. You know, two out of three, let alone sweep them. So. uh and then hitting a walk-off bomb against anybody feels pretty nice. So yeah. I will say some of the walk-off bombs we had um, against teams that for us, like our midweek games, it was like, we should win. And if we don't, like, what are we doing? So like when we right, had to hit right. walk-offs against like mid-major schools to us, it was like, thank God, you know, like it wasn't right, like, right. Oh yeah. Like, awesome it was more like okay like thank god we won because we had to keep our rpi up if we wanted to host and for the end of the year tournament so or else monty was just going to be pissed yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) he always told us how to like stay calm and stuff and like he would get pretty angry sometimes but he was fun to play for yeah awesome all right, Wilk, we'll, uh, we'll take it back to your high school days, man. Um, you know, as I've gotten to know you, like your stud, um, your sister's a stud, isn't she? Have Florida now, just killing yeah, it. She's, I tell everybody that she's better than me, and they think yep. I'm joking, but like, she actually is. Like, yeah, so just an absolute family of athletes. Um, I mean, was college baseball something you always thought about? Yeah, so my first word was ball. So from the time I was born, that's pretty much all I wanted to do. And, uh, but my mom and dad, they, they raised us right um, in a good household. And I think really that's step number one for my sister and I was just being raised the right way. And um, so I always knew I wanted to play baseball. Like that was, that was the goal. I wanted to play ball and professional ball playing the MLB. And, uh, so played, I love playing sports. Like that's all I wanted to do. Basketball, baseball, football was the, was the three. And then after middle school, I quit basketball because it would just be pretty hard to do in high school, do all three. Um, but I did play quarterback in high school. So like that was, and then we had a new coach come in, um, changed our offense where we threw the ball a little bit more, like kind of more of a spread deal. And mm-hmm started getting some looks for football but the whole time I was like I want to play baseball you know I appreciate like I'd talk to some coaches like I appreciate you guys um, but you know my number one goal is to play baseball if anything changes I'll let you know Um, but football was so fun especially in high school I mean just being with your friends putting in the work and uh, you know how summer ball is like it's baseball 
So going from baseball or to football workouts and back, I mean, it got tiring, but that's what I wanted to do. And people asked me, are you going to quit football? This is after I committed to Clemson. And I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I was like, no, like I'm, I'm going to play, do it for my teammates. Mm-hmm. I have fun with it. Let's roll. Like I was never going to, I was never going to quit just for being fearful of injury or something. Like if it happens, it happens. So was there any part throughout that process that you were trying to go to a school where you could play both or did you solely just want to play baseball? Like did any schools come knocking that were like, Hey, you can play both. I think there was a few, um, but I, I knew I was good enough to play at um, a high D1 level for baseball. So, and I knew I'm six foot, not that fast, like kind of, I mean, I'm not going to go play D1 football. Like, I mean, I mean, I could have, so there was a few schools, I will say like Ivy League schools because I had good grades and stuff. Um, like, hey, you can, we want you to come play both. And it was never anything official. It was just kind of emails and stuff. Right. But I really never, I mean, this is kind of bad, but like I didn't reply because I knew that's like not, I didn't want to go north to play and I didn't want to play football. And my sights were set on just higher, higher things, yeah. which yeah. academic wise, you can't get any higher, but I want, <laughs> I wanted to play ball. So um, there was a few, I remember Samford, came and like videoed me throwing the football and stuff. So I think they were more just football, but other than that, I mean, I told them, you know, it's baseball. So they kind of understood that. They didn't want a little uh, quarterback competition between you and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, I mean, I, Dabo called me like, Hey, you know, if you play, you got the starting job. I said, let Trevor have it. I mean, let uh let Deshaun you know let Deshaun have it but and then Trevor I don't want to get you could you could have competed it's with too that. much of a headache too much of a headache yeah, for you that's a lot of plays you know I just <laughs> <laughs> I'm good I'm really yeah. good no but seriously like walking around campus and like our freshman year the athletes are the only people there in the summer so seeing all these football players and how fast and tall and big they were. I was like, thank God that I play baseball because there's no, I was like, there's no way, there's no way I could do this. Like these guys yeah. are, they're too good. Like they're just, it's a different level. I mean, it's crazy. What, what was that culture like on campus? Because I mean, obviously the baseball program is one of the best in the country. And then the football program is top four. It seems like the last five, six years. Yeah. I mean, that's just gotta be, not including all of the other incredible sports that Clemson has, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it, what was cool is like all the athletes supported each other a lot. Like you'd see, um, especially that first summer because no one else, we never, we didn't know anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like we'd hang out with the golfers, the, the volleyball players, the basketball, football. And like during the different seasons, like for fall, you know, we're, practicing every day and we'd get to go watch the football games and cheer on the boys and basketball and that sort of thing so it's pretty cool like and you can kind of and once you learn who they are and you can kind of spot them out like I'll tell you a funny story so when I got there this was after 2000 so I graduated high school in 16 so Clemson won the natty 
that that February or January, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated in May and went to Clemson that summer. So Deshaun was like a god on campus, right? Like, and I know he's got, there's some issues or whatever's going on right now. Like, yeah, you know, that's, I don't know the facts, so I can't say anything about it. But um, at that time, I mean, if he goes outside, like he's got to have people around him. Like it's, it's that type of deal. That's crazy. And uh, so I drove to class one morning. I guess it was raining or something, and I had to park in a meter spot because I didn't want to park like a mile away and walk or whatnot. <laughs> so I'm like driving around, and it's, it's like a big circle, and there's spots on both sides. So you can kind of drive around until somebody leaves and kind of pull in and get your spot. So I see a spot on the other side of my guide. I'm good. I pull around, and this like black – Camaro just whips in front of me and I'm like you gotta be kidding me like I'm gonna and Deshaun gets out and I'm like you know what you're good I'm uh, you're good you know what I'll just go park like two miles away don't worry about it dude I'll just keep driving so and like that was just you know funny story and then like he went in the back door didn't even go in the front door of the place like it was just but it, the culture was awesome. I mean, the athletes all support each other. And like, mm-hmm. but you got to see success at another level. Like when your buddies that play football, you know, they get drafted or whatnot or basketball, like dudes you hang out with, like the guy I hung out with a lot was Doc Redman. He's playing on the PGA tour and um, doing pretty well. So like just seeing how that family just kind of expands is pretty cool. That's awesome. I mean, Wilkie, I mean, with, you know, hearing about that culture, is it something that, I guess that family-like culture of that culture of excellence, is that something you're looking for? Like you just, you know, sophomore year, hey, like I'm, you know, I can play with the best, so I'm going to, you know, go to the best program I possibly can. Yeah, so that, the first step was obviously like, I can't just say like, this is where I want to go because it wasn't like, I was some highly rated prospect or something like that on perfect game, which that's a whole nother story. But um, just, I just wanted to go where they wanted me, but at the highest program possible. And I knew, like you said, I knew I could play anywhere, but it was finding the right fit. And then um, coming from my parents, you know, my mom was like, you need to go to a good school too. Like, it's not just going to be go where you want um, that type of deal. It was, were you going to be a good fit? And, you know, my family, we're very, um, grew up in church and things like that. So it's kind of like, where, where does God want me to go? And that, so that was a pretty big part. And like, I went to Clemson, I think I went and watched the game and it was like, I just had this feeling like this is where I'm going. Like, I, I don't, I can't explain it, but it was like sitting there in the stadium. There's 5,000 people there. Watch. I mean, I was like, this is, I'm, I'm going here. So, and that was after they, you know, I had talked to them. So it wasn't like, I was like, Hey, can I come here? It was like, yeah. we want you to come here. I think what we're going to have to start doing Joe is we're just going to compile everyone's yep. talking about I don't know what it is but it just felt right 
just from every episode. It's the feeling. And everyone just calls it Dude, the it's, feeling. It's the it's weird, man. You it's just know. Yeah. You just know. And what's weird is like my mom, she told me she was like, I knew too. She was like, I had it too. Like I knew that was the deal. And yeah. Uh, but so I don't know if, if we need to go under another question or whatnot, but um Kennesaw State was like 45 minutes from my house and they had built a pretty good baseball program. They had gone on, they'd beat, uh, I think Florida State a few years before in the supers or maybe just the regional, I forget, but you know, that's where my mom went and stuff. And um, so they were, they were on to me pretty good. And what was different about Kennesaw State was there's a lot of money, academic money from being in state and scholarships that the government of Georgia offers, like if you keep high grades, you know, you get whatever percentage of your scholarship. Mm -hmm. So Kennesaw State was like, hey, you come here, you go to school for free. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's because <laughs> in baseball, you can't do that. Right. Not really. I mean, no, that doesn't happen. No. Like so. But that was also with that other stuff. But it would have it would have been free. Like and. So my parents, then my parents are like, son, if you go to school for free, you know, we can, that's a lot of money. We're going to save. We can maybe get you a, a different vehicle for you to have, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't be tempting me like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? But then, so Kennesaw State was like, hey, you take your time. And then like a week later, they're like, hey, we got you and another kid you know, we need you to make a decision. It's like, whoa, you said take your time. And I knew who the other kid was. And that right there was like, okay, if you really got to pick, like, I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm going. And then I asked uh, Coach LaCroix at Clemson, a recruiting guy. And he was like, yeah, I mean, we can't give out full rides. He said, we can't have four or five guys on full rides or studs and then fill in fill in the rest <clears throat> excuse me he said we want nine studs on the field at all times and so the scholarship was obviously less than full ride I mean out of state and things like that but I was like that's where I'm I'm going to Clemson so yeah well and, and how because I think when we all like find our perfect school right you it, it matches up with a lot of whatever we've created in our head that we want from a school. Um, and I think you've already talked about a little bit of it, but it just seemed like Clemson wanted you more than some of the other schools, whether we're talking about Kennesaw, we're just talking about whoever in general, but what was that internal dialogue like with, I mean, I think the financial aspect of a school is, incredibly important to consider i mean how big was that tug of war just within you between kennesaw is free but clemson i'm getting less incredible program ticked off all the boxes but i mean we're talking about baseball where we get just an absurd amount of full ride scholarships compared to some of the other sports and even just in general just the scholarship money that's available is ridiculous but what was that kind of like for you so i mean it was pretty tough like having to pick you know to go to school for free 
I mean, and help my family out, you know, I got a little sister that's coming up that's got to go to school too. Um, but my parents, they always said, go where you want to go. Don't worry about anything else. You go where you want to do, where you want to go, where God wants you to go. And then we'll work it out. Like it's going to work. And so I knew like, I knew the best opportunity for me to get to the next level after Clemson was, or after college was to go to Clemson. Right. And so that was probably like the number one thing was like the program, the legacy, and then the situation. Their catcher, Chris Oakey, just got drafted in the second round. And then there was another guy who caught that didn't really catch because Oakey caught every game. So like at that point, I didn't even know who the catcher was going to be like right. at all. So that kind of situation where it was like, there's not four or five catchers like sitting in a line. It was like, there's one or two that might catch. Like you can come in and compete. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like awesome. So that dialogue, I mean, going back and forth in my head because of the money. Yeah. Like it was kind of iffy, but I knew in the back of my mind what I was doing no matter what. And that was going to Clemson. And like you talk about four or five catchers being backed up. I remember I'm about to play a football game and Georgia calls me like, Hey, just want you to know, like you're on our radar, but right now we've got four or five catchers on our roster, but if anything changes, we'll let you know. And I said, thanks. And I hung up. <laughs> like I did not like that. I'm just saying like, right. I said, thank you and all that. But like that right there, I mean, they're kind of, at least they said that, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, we want you come on. Like I know schools that have like 50 guys in the fall mm-hmm. and that screws over a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's just, it's not good for college baseball. But yeah. So Clemson was the best situation and the best program that I could have gone to in my opinion. So I always knew in the back of my mind, like I'm going here, even though I might get a full ride over here. Yeah. But I can't beat what I'm going to get right. just now and even after college. And I'm not even talking about baseball, just the connections and the tools you get, the people you meet, things like that. That's one thing I didn't even realize was a big thing was just the people I meet and the connections I made, that's going to last me forever. Mm-hmm. So that was another big part of it. Guys, real quick, you know, we wouldn't talk about hyped apparel if the gear wasn't awesome. Spring is here. It's starting to heat up. Whether you need workout shorts, workout shirts, or you just you need stuff to go outside in because it's starting to get really nice out. Go check out Hyped Apparel. Zach over at Hyped is, has hooked us up with some great gear over this past year. And he's even given our listeners a discount code. So check that out in the show notes. And let's get back to the interview. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's something that's big for people who are targeting like business schools, right? Because at at some point, you know, like they're all kind of the same. It's just like, okay, which alumni network am I going to work best with? It's kind of the same mm -hmm. idea. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. The more, the more like I go throughout life, the more that I realize that how, how right that is. And it's kind of crazy, but that's, that's the name of the game. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, Wilkie, so we obviously, you know, we, we had Monty on, on the pod, what was it, a couple months back in the fall, mm-hmm. and he talked about, you know, the importance of word of mouth for him when he's recruiting guys. Um, and he, he specifically said you were the best catch and throw guy in Georgia um, in that class, and especially because they were looking for catch, a, a catcher um, for your class. Um, I guess my question is, how did that reputation or that word of mouth, um, do you think specifically helped you? And I guess, is there a way, I guess, were you cognizant of that when you're going through the recruiting process of, Hey, like I'm going to be a good person on and off the field because like my reputation is everything to me. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume you're going to say yes, because you, you come from a great family. Um, but yeah, kind of just, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it's funny you say that because ever since I was little, you know, my mom and dad were saying, you know, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are, you know, stuff like that. My mom, she would always say, it's not, um, if you make your bed hard, you're going to have to lay in it. You know, basically saying, if your reputation's bad, you're going to have to deal with it, like deal with what comes with that. And so from an early age, a little sister watching me, cousins that I'm the oldest grandchild, great grandchild. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of younger people that I was an example to. And so I knew like, and I'm not, I wasn't going to sit here and fake it when I'm around them, but it was a genuine thought of, I want to try to be the best person I can, whether somebody sees it or whether somebody doesn't see it. And I think that's another attribute to how I was raised that just kind of, or, it just kind of instilled in me, like, no matter what happens, whether you're the best player, the worst player, whatever you do on the field, it doesn't matter. It's how you are and how you treat people off the field. And so the recruiting process, I, you know, wasn't the best, like, I'm batting pretty low in the order on my travel team, which I will say I'm playing for the East Cobb Astros. Okay, so we were we were very very talented they're, like, they're legit just yeah no other I mean, way to put it yeah that's it i mean we were so but i wasn't on the astros until 16 U. Mm-hmm. so i went to east Cobb when i was about 14 maybe was on the number two team for a while i was good but it wasn't like you know we want this kid on the number one team like, right. things like that and pretty much it was my hitting. I mean, that, that's what it always is for a catcher, I would say. But um, so I finally made that 16U Astros team. And if I remember correctly, one, two, three first-rounders. And, I mean, SEC, ACC. Like, that was the whole roster. So that made me a lot better just playing with them and coming up through those past few years with the East Cobb system, kept working, getting better, things like that. And then the 16U coach, he said, all right, like, we're going to take you. And we had two teams in the fall. So we'd go, like, I play football Friday nights, go to Charleston for the weekend and play and just be worn out. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. So – 
it came down to it. I played, I mean, I'm, I don't want to sound like blowing my bubble here, but being that best defensive catcher was that very prideful for me. Like that's what, mm -hmm. that's what my thing was. I threw guys out. I was the best defensive catcher in the state of Georgia. And I believed that. Now, yeah, there might've been guys that are better. I'm sure there were guys that were better. That's what I believed. And at East Cobb, I was the best catcher. I mean, that's just what it was. And I'm not saying it had anything to do with it, but like one of the other guys who got put on the number two team, I knew I was better than him. He's ranked higher than me on perfect game, which guys, if you're getting recruited, trying to listen to this, like don't you dare ever put any thought to what perfect game ranks you because my 16 year old coach, I'm not going to say who he was, who he is, but he said, guys, if you want to be ranked higher, just let me know. Like that was what he told us. So like he could literally talk to people at perfect game and get us ranked higher. So just putting that there. Um, and then, so I go to East Cobb and made that number one team. And they all knew, like, from the past and how it goes from coach to coach to coach, like, younger to older, like, who had coached me, like, yeah, this is a great kid. You know, you're never going to have any problems with him, his family. And that makes people want to play for you. Or that makes them want to get you to play for them because you're not going to have any issues. And, like, played for that team and then – 17U and 18U, I played for the 18U Astros. And just being that good example, being a good guy, I mean, and that's not what it's all about, no. But does that help in a way? Yes, no doubt about it. And I see it all the time, like guys who are extremely talented, but like off the field, you're kind of like, you know, you don't really want to yeah, hang out yeah. with them. And we've all, I know you two have seen that too. Like, mm -hmm. and it just kind of, in the long run, if you're talented enough to get to the next level, you will, because no one's going to see what happens outside, but you know, like, I know you guys know what you do off the field. Like if you can go to sleep at night with doing stuff, go ahead. But being that good person and that word of mouth mm -hmm. reputation is huge and not only for going to college because my 18U coach knew the Clemson coach coach LaCroix the recruiting coordinator and like he said I got a kid here you're looking for a catcher I'll give you his number blah 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 we talked and it was weird because at the time coach Leggett legendary coach at Clemson had he had during while I was talking to him he resigned and he, he still coaches a little bit, but not at a school. So he was kind of retiring a little bit. And so it was kind of iffy, like, what's going to happen, you know? And then Coach Lee comes in. And he's like, yeah, we still want you. So I talked to the recruiting guy a lot more just because at the time there really wasn't a set head coach for a little bit of that. And which is kind of very – it's hard as a, as a player because you don't know, but – just with the way Coach LaCroix talked to me. And I knew if a coach, if any coach says anything negative about somebody to a college coach, they're going to scratch them off. There's too many kids 
yeah. that are good enough to play that they're going to have to, they, they don't want to deal with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's how it is. Like there's too many, too many guys fighting for a spot for you to say, yeah, he's a great player. You know, he's kind of iffy off the field. It's like, okay, thanks. We'll give yeah. you a call. And so I think, you know, that it's not for me, just the way I want to live my life. Like that's a big thing for me. Not even if I do make it, you know, all the way or whatnot, but knowing that I was a good person, good teammate, that I know I can, that's what I want. You know, whatever I do on the field, it's who you are off the field. And I think that's huge. Even getting drafted, like teams, some of their first questions were about that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And like, Mm -hmm. you kind of like, wait a second, you care about that? Like to an extent they do. So it's never going to hurt. And your reputation is your best job resume you can have. So having that, is a huge asset when you're getting recruited. There's there's two two ways I want to go with that, Kyle, because everything that you said right there was perfect and awesome. Um, do you think because uh, Monty came in a little later and wasn't – they weren't solely recruiting you based off of the reputation that you'd created for yourself, but because of how big you were on your reputation – did that also kind of draw you to the program? You think because especially because especially because Monty's huge on that. I mean, that exactly. was yeah. he's he's huge on that. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add that. Last no, yeah, no, perfect. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So when you go to programs and like you go on visits and stuff, you kind of hang out with the players, you know, like, and you learn a little bit, a little bit behind the scenes stuff that you know people don't know. And that can either throw you away or bring you on just depending on, you know, meeting some of the guys. But I actually knew a couple of the guys that were at Clemson because I played with them on the Astros. So they told me how much they liked it. And then meeting some other people just there while we were on visits and things like that, um, that it kind of drew me more to Clemson because great program, the the family atmosphere of the whole place, not just the baseball program, but just that, you know, mindset of I'm going to go here, I'm going to get better and I'm going to become a better person here. Then I'm just going to this place to, to play baseball. Like Mm -hmm. that's the goal is to get better, to, you know, make connections, meet new people, things like that. And, so that definitely drew me, like, drew me more into Clemson. Once the more I learned about it, the more I liked it. Because yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff you have no idea about until you actually get there. And for a lot of people, sometimes you know, not knowing some of that stuff, they may not like it. But for me, everything that happened was awesome. And Kyle, going back to your time with the Astros, because I think for some people, no matter how good you are when you step onto a college campus, especially a a program, a major, a top major program like Clemson, it can be a little daunting. I don't care how good you are, but do you think because of the number of years that you spent in the East Cobb Astros program, which again, we've already talked about absolutely legit program dudes are just rolling through there. Do you think that gave you a little bit of an edge as soon as you stepped onto Clemson's campus. 
Yeah, definitely. Anytime you can play with better, like anytime you can play with people that are better than you is going to make you better. So I knew I wasn't the best player on our Astros team. I knew I was the best catcher, but best player. I mean, you got to be realistic. Now, when I'm playing, I want to feel like I want to act like I am the best player on the field because that's when I play my best. And but so in that program, you know, I'm hitting kind of lower in the order, like six through nine, which whatever, like I'm catching and I, we would catch every other game. Unless it was like championship games, stuff like that. And then like you play in your high school team, I'm batting one, two, three, four, maybe not one, but like two, three, four. And like, um, but so on your high school team, which it may be different for other people, but like you don't get better at high school practice that much unless you have a coach that really is pushing you, which I did, which I definitely got better in high school practice, but I'm not getting as much better as I was playing with a group of guys that were as good as the Astros. Like just picking up on things they did. And like I said, we had three first rounders. One of them's starting already for the Nationals, Carter Keboom. He was on that team. Braxton Garrett, left-handed pitcher. He's on the Marlins. I'm pretty sure he's on their roster right now. And these are guys I graduated high school with. So they're not like older than me. These guys are my age already on the rosters. Um, but anytime you can play, with, like I said, a group of people better than you is going to make you better. So going to Clemson, I had already played with a couple of those guys. So that kind of gave me a little bit of that confidence. Like, Hey, I can hang with these guys, you know? Um, but I, would, I am, I will talk a little bit about like my freshman year and stuff, just because I feel like it'd be good for a lot of people to hear it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was probably the – my mom always like, don't say that. I was probably the worst player on the team my freshman year, like at Clemson. And, like, I don't want to say, like, worst, but I was not – like, I wouldn't have played me if I was a coach. Like, that's just – and that's just how it was. Like, college really opened my eyes. Like, holy crap. Like, all these dudes are studs. Right. Like, I mean, just crazy. So, you know, I'm a freshman. Not that great. I'm wearing number 49. OK, so just real confidence builder right there. <laughs> um, but. Uh, open like the week before opening day, my freshman year. No, I, I was doing all right. Like I just wasn't ready yet. You know, I wasn't where I wanted to be, where some of the other guys were. So I wouldn't say I was just like the worst player, but I wasn't ready yet. And week four opening day, Chris Williams, starting catcher, stud, breaks his handmade bone, right? So there's three of us catchers. There's an older guy, me, and Chris, Chris, another older guy. And he comes to me, and he was like, hey, you're starting. And this is like Tuesday, and we play Friday, opening weekend, Okay. Dude, I, I was so nervous. I mean, like, it was, I was like, uh-huh, like me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you. He's like, I believe in you. Let's do it. And I remember, 
like that first inning, there's probably close to closer to 7,000 people there full. After the first inning, I was okay. But like, I remember first inning, there was a pop-up hit, like a behind the plate. That ball is spinning in the air like this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> just don't drop it. But I got through the first inning, it was fine. But like, the game was super fast. And looking back on it, like, didn't have a good weekend at all. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to hit that well. It didn't hit that well. And like, I just wasn't ready yet. So I actually got the other guy, um, not the starter, but another guy who played some other positions he was catching after that first weekend. So I was on the bench all year, but every day I would hit with one of our coaches and we'd hit, just kept getting better. Like I knew, you know, I'm going to, there's going to be an opportunity at some point, but like, I can't, I know that I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those teammates that says, Oh, I should be playing over this guy. No, I'm not better. Like for our best chance to win, this other guy needs to be catching, not me. Like, and some people don't realize that. And otherwise a lot of people after a freshman year, they didn't play. And it's like, okay, I'm going to transfer, you know, like, it's one of those things where you sit in, put your work in, your time will come. So freshman year, um, our starting catcher, it's like late in the season, dies back into first base and messed up his shoulder. I'm sitting on the bench like, oh, no, like nervous as crap, right? And he's like, no, I'm fine. He goes back out there to warm up. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. He tries to throw the ball back to the pitcher and can't. And they're like, Wilkie, you're in. I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, I think, I don't know what day that was, but I hit a, I hit a triple on Sunday. And that just kind of gave me that confidence, like, hey, you can do this. You know, keep going. So then we host ACC tournament. We host a regional. Vanderbilt comes to town. Great draw for us, right? And That small, uh, that small school out in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if they're any good, but like they had, they were good that weekend. Um, <laughs> they had some dude on the mound. His name was Kyle Wright or something like that. I, I never I heard of him. Never. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. But I mean, this guy's 95, 90, 93, 96, just sinker, slider. Like I hit two rockets. One of them, the first baseman snow cone, and I think he caught the other one. And I remember thinking, like, you got to be kidding me. But the regional, I hit like, I don't know. I did really well for a freshman. I hit over 400 that regional. And going into sophomore year, like that, that right there kind of gave me that confidence of you can do this. But I went, I would, a lot of times I would hit early, like go to class, meet one of the coaches that I liked working with and hit with them and kept got, getting better, 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 no matter what, if I was seeing results or not. I knew my swing was getting better, looking at video, things like that, sophomore year. And I don't know if Monty told you this or not, but after the South Carolina series, which is early in the year, I was hitting like 140 or something like that. And in our press conference, because I had an RBI or something, he's like, I said something. He's like, yeah, you can start talking when you can, when your average is more than you can bench. And I was like, (laughs) 
did he just say that? Like in this press conference, like, oh my gosh. But he told me, he's like, I don't care how you hit, just catch. Well, I ended up leading the team in batting average my sophomore year and finished the year on a 29 game hit streak. So, and I, that doesn't happen if I don't work better every single day. And like I said, I was almost the worst player on the team freshman year, but after sophomore year, I'm leading the team in batting average. And like, if that doesn't show you that you can get better and your mental game plays a huge role in that, then I don't know what else, like, I don't know what else to tell you because you just got to keep getting better and your time will come. And when that opportunity presents itself, be ready for it because you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Well, okay, that was that was funny because I, I just wrote down our little doc. I was going to tell Jared I, I want to keep going into to your development because I knew you you turned it around. I knew you hit well. Um, so I mean, you 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 answered that already. Um, so thanks for that. I think that's a really cool story that you know guys in college can hear as well. But mm-hmm. I mean. You already gave us a ton of advice, Wilkie. Is there anything else you'd want to leave to to some younger high school players and their parents? Maybe anything else? Yeah, um, I give a lot of like lessons in the off season. You know, just as a side thing, and the biggest thing, like, because I've got kids that are in middle school. I've got kids that are trying to get recruited. I got a guy that's really good catcher hitting's, you know, kind of like I was, like, it's coming. I mean, it's not there yet, but when you, he sees, cause I ate lunch with his dad before I left. And the biggest thing he's like, these kids that he's played with or played against, like, I know he's better than, but they're already committing to like big schools. And I'm talking to the dad and he's like, I just, I want what's best for my son. I know he's better than some of these kids. They're going to all these big schools. They're already committing, blah, blah, blah the biggest thing you can do is let things happen. Like don't, don't try to push something just because there's other people doing it. Don't compare yourself to other people. And that's where playing too. Like don't say, Oh, this guy's going to, he just, he's my teammate. I know I'm better than him. He committed to LSU, blah, blah, blah. I need to get committed now. No, let things happen because things will work out. If you put in the work, and you do what's right off the field, you keep your grades up, it'll happen. Now, is there a threshold of talent, just God-given talent that you have to have? Yes. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say just because I'm a good person, I keep my grades up and I work hard that I'm good enough to play. Yes, there is a little bit of that. You gotta have some natural ability and that's just the truth. Yeah. But it's what you do with that is going to make or break what happens. But like, I didn't commit until I was the summer going into my senior year of high school, which that's pretty late. Like, there's a lot of guys that commit when they're mm-hmm. 16, like, you know, 14, 15, 16, dumb stuff. But I didn't commit till that. So obviously, my whole team's like committed. Now, not everybody, but most of them. But if you put in the work and let things happen, things will fall into place. Like you don't have to, you know, 
do this just because your teammates are doing it or whatnot. And the last thing I'll say, this is so cliche, but my dad tells me this all the time. He's like, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And like, I've seen that though, just with dudes I played on the Astros with that were ranked higher than me, could hit the ball farther than me, were faster than me, could throw the ball harder than me. They're not doing much anything right now. Like, I mean, they're good guys and stuff, just dudes I know, like, they're great, but they're not playing right now. Yeah. And that's a big testament to if you have it and don't work with it, then you're not going to have it that much longer. So just, you got to you got to keep at it. Well, okay, this has been one hell of an episode, man. Yeah, I I I tried, man. <laughs> I probably, probably talked too much, but no, it was great. Um, I mean, from both Jared and I, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank really you appreciate guys it. For having me. Appreciate what you guys are doing, and hopefully there'll be somebody who needs to hear something. So.